Today was hard, but tomorrow will come, and you never have to do today again. Welcome to Dice Therapy. Cold, wet, <laughs> injured, the group is deep in a mine. You decided to make the best of the situation to take some time to tend your wounds. So with the fire from the fallen timbers, you're able to get enough warmth to almost dry yourself out and get warm, but everything is still damp just because of the nature of the mine filling with water. Listening to the drips of water sound around you, causing slow ripples and movement in the water. The brackish black water that's filling the mine. In the distance, from the vertical mine shaft that you came in, you can hear the, the trickle coming down. The continuous reminder that the storm and the rain still pours down outside. And slowly, you drift off to sleep. An ancient ruin lays before me as a cloudless red sky looms overhead. I enter the ruin and begin my search. As I look around, I feel a strong sense of determination, but also a heavy feeling of loss weighs down upon me. Moving from building to building, a wave of urgency begins to push me forward, telling me to move faster. My frantic search melts into a sense of relief when the opening to a secret passage comes into view. The secret passage becomes a maze of twists and turns that leads to a series of pits where thick vines have grown down the walls. The only way forward is to use the vines to pull myself along. Moving forward, I balance from one handhold to another, and while reaching out to grab hold of the next section of vines, my grip fails. I try to steady myself and look down into the first pit. It's full of alligators. They snap and bite at the air, each wishing that I would fall and whispering in a dark tongue words that I can seem to understand. I shake it off. Regaining my grip, I struggle forward for what feels like ages before reaching the gap between the first and second pit. I look out over the second pit. Here, broken columns stand, but also something moves in the darkness below them. These shapes whisper to me, causing a new sense of urgency. Fueled by this, I leap from column to column, each time nearly losing my balance. Finally, I see the end of the pit. I leap forward to the next column, and in a mix of fear and excitement, I slip and fall. On impact, the floor squishes and begins to undulate beneath me. Snakes, hundreds of snakes, begin crawling over my arms and legs. One loops itself around my neck and tightens, constricting tighter and tighter. After fighting to pull out my knife, I stab it. As it loosens its hold, I gasp for breath. I struggle for several long moments before freeing myself and use one of the fallen columns to climb out of the pit, stumbling in the dark for a moment. Still choking and fighting for breath, my lungs burn. None of that really mattered, though, as I had found what I had been seeking. The lost room. 
opening the door, I find an assortment of treasure. Picking through it, I grab two handfuls of coin. To my horror, the coins sprout legs, and the faces of the coins animate to life with sharp teeth. I recoil in fear anew as all the coins spring to life and swarm over me, each biting with little teeth. I stumble back, pulling my dagger to slash and stab at the swarm, but each time I cut and stab, I only manage to hit myself. Over and over I plunge the dagger, pain washing over me with each swing. And now I know what I must do. I sit upon a large, ornately carved wooden throne in a grand feasting hall. Long tables before me are covered with roasted pig and sheep, fresh fruit, and large tankers of drink aplenty. It is truly a wonderful and warming sight. Yet, I sit alone. Trophies line my walls of the fearsome beasts I have slain along with weapons and armor of all kinds. Yet, I sit alone. The massive doors to my feasting hall creak open and all manner of people enter. Strangers, yet they have familiar faces. After greeting each guest, I offer a toast of elegant words full of thanksgiving and take a long drink. Lowering my mug, I smile at my guests. All manner of beasts sit before me when eating a feast of man. The bodies of the greeted guests all now fill with serving trays prepared for the hungry beasts that eagerly devour the meal. Happily, I join in. The warm taste of metal fills my mouth as I bite into the flesh. Blood runs down the corner of my mouth. I wipe away stray hair and spit out gristle. I look up from my meal. Time has passed, and the number of guests have dwindled. The last few beasts, a group of wild boar, are just beginning to leave the hall. Once again, I am alone. Rage fills me. How dare they enter in, eat at my table, and show no sign of gratefulness. Swinging the large wooden doors open wide, I stride outside with murder in my eyes. Winter winds greet me. A barely visible trail lies in the blinding white. I follow the trail, and the sound of wild boar echo and bounce around me. The squeals confusing my senses, but onward I push. My feet are now numb, my legs so heavy I can barely move them. My arms useless at my side, but I rage on against the guests and against the storm. I pause, my body now heavy and useless. I have lost my prey, my rage has faded, and now I must look for shelter, for survival. Crawling across the sharp rocks, I pull towards the cave entrance. Its opening is a black pool amidst the blinding white. In it, I hope to find shelter from the storm. Instead, I am greeted with eyes, hundreds of them. I try to change direction and crawl backwards, but thick vines? Ropes? Tentacles? Something wraps around me and pulls me into the dark, where hundreds of angry mouths bite and chew, turning me into their feast. I try to sleep. So tired. So exhausted. But I can't get comfortable. I can't pull the blanket to cover my legs, or my feet, or even my tail. I try to tighten myself into a ball, but the cold grows, and my limbs begin to ache with it. So I clamber out of bed in search of a warmer spot. 
cold stone meets my feet, and the chamber has a draft from an open window. I struggle to close the window, but it will not close. The wind chills me even more. Leaving the room, wandering this maze of hallways, lined with paintings and tapestries, I see a myriad of different families. I know them all. Elves, dwarves, men. They are my families. They are me? I feel so tired. Muscles throb and ache with pain. But I walk on through hallways of strange but familiar faces. Surrounded by these images of family, I am awash with a feeling of loneliness. A feeling that slowly turns to dread. Something is in the hallway with me. I hear whispers, and I feel the hairs on my tail panic creeps in. I start running through the stone hallways, but no matter how fast I move or which way I turn, it is still behind me and growing ever closer. Stopping at the base of a large spiral stair, I begin ascending, taking the steps two at a time, higher, higher, my legs on fire until I burst into a room, slam and lock the door behind me. Out of breath, I look around. A workshop stretches out before me. Bits and bobs of hundreds of different things, broken, unfinished, laying in dust and disarray. The whispers are right outside the door. A weight slams heavily upon the wooden frame. I push a bench along the door and notice yet a set of plans. The diagrams on the page twist and turn, writing changing from one moment to the next. I quickly begin grabbing parts and build something, my hands an instinct doing the work as my mind is a blur with fright and confusion. The door will give way at any minute, and I know I only have one chance to use this device I've built as soon as it breaches the door. Ready, I stand, waiting, muscles tensed, waiting, seconds stretch into minutes, waiting. The heavy wooden door splinters. I feel them dig into me. I feel blood begin to run across my wounds. I unleash the device with a thunder roar. I feel the heat of the explosion, and something slams into my chest. I can't breathe and begin to fall. Faster and faster I fall, feeling the cold air whip around me further and further, all the while gasping for air, unable to breathe. My chest is on fire, and I see the ground rushing up at me. I find myself walking amongst a crowd of people. Cheerful, the murmurs of the crowd. Bright colors of clothing, and a few drops of rain start to fall as I head into a theater's backstage entrance. Away from the crowds, I seem to be in a maze of dark twists and turns. Other performers are dressing and preparing themselves. At first, I don't notice, but slowly I realize the others watch me through glaring eyes, each with a wide smile that hides something. A cold feeling washes over me as a slight tremble runs along my spine, forcing the hairs on my neck to rise. You're up soon, a deep voice says from behind me. I don't see the source of the voice when I turn, but know I must be ready, for I am going on stage soon. 
brushing my fingers through my hair, an action I've done a thousand times, surprises me as a clump of my hair now hangs from between my fingers. Not believing so much could have come out at once, I run my fingers through my hair again and again, each time finding my fingers are full of hair. Before full panic can set in, the deep voice sounds again. You are next. Shocked, I turn my gaze towards the stage and see a performer singing my songs, doing my act. And just like that, I can't remember any of my songs, my chords, notes, or lyrics I wrote. Fear pours through me, and as the performer steps off the stage, I receive a knowing wink. Then, with a whoosh, the curtain drops shut, separating and confining me. A sense of being trapped and caged flows over me as the roar of the crowd forces a wave of cold. I stand on this stage, before this towering curtain, lost and without any idea of what I should do. Slowly it rises. Full of fear, my throat dry, and my tongue sticking to the roof of my mouth, I try to cough, but can't. I try to move my arms, but can't. Then the curtain keeps going up, revealing a deep black. Something seems to move in it, j just out of sight, and whispers renew my fear. Straining, I try to pierce the darkness, try to understand the whispers, but nothing. Until two large eyes suddenly open before me, a cold blue stare frozen on me, and the whispers grow louder and echo around me, standing for what seems an eternity. The blue eyes hold me in an embrace of frozen fear. A smile of large, sharp teeth begins to slowly form a maw of razors large enough to swallow an elephant whole. It begins to pull away, and a calm relaxation falls over me. Right before it lurches to swallow me whole. I find myself walking across a plain. Tall grass brushing against my knees, a calm day with a sunny sky. Or am I in a tunnel lit by glowing lichen? The cool damp of the dark is a comfort as I am surrounded by natural stone. Passing across the plain, I come to a tall tree. Branches stretch high into the sky, and the trunk is so large it could be a house. Wildflowers of all kinds bloom around the roots. Birds and other small animals nest in the safety of the branches. Or is it a huge mushroom, surrounded by various molds? Spores drift down through the air. A myriad of insects and worms nest in the safety of the thick fungus hide. I sit at the base of this large tree, flowery fragrances filling my senses, and a small black bear cub crawls into my lap. Or did I sit at the base of the mushroom, as insects slowly crawled across my legs and hands, buzzing and clicking sounds making a song in my ears, and a small white bear cub crawled into my lap. I feel a connection to the cub and show it affection. As time passes, the black, white cub grows as does my connection to it. I make my home in the tree, fungus, and all is well until the storm.
Dark clouds whisper and threaten. The white, black bear growls at it and runs from the fungus tree, driven wild by the coming storm. The whispers grow louder, and as I stand by the tree I see myself, standing by a mushroom. I am worried. Both of me are worried. Both of me fear the storm. Both of me see our bears in a wild rage begin to lash out at one another. We rush to stop them, screaming in a desperate attempt to get the bear's attention. But we get in our own way. Entangled in my own limbs, we find ourselves held tight, not by ourselves. For we have merged with the other. But our desperation has formed a growing wall made of thorns. Our heart is beating fast. We try to move away, but each movement drives razor-sharp thorns deeper into our skin. Harder and faster our hearts continue to pound. Held fast, we watch as the two bears fight and twist into a new shape, one with long teeth and longer claws. Faster yet, our hearts race as the anger and rage of the newly shaped creature's intent washes over me. My heart, heavy in my chest, as I still feel affection for this new thing that means me harm. I remember raising it, feeding it, caring for it. All these memories flood over me as my heart continues to pound faster and faster. As the claws, thorns, and teeth rip into me and my heart explodes and stops. Shocked awake, I find myself on the floor of the mine. And I see the embers of a dying fire. I breathe heavily. I still feel the blood running across my skin from the wounds and the whispers, though faint, but there nonetheless. I wake still feeling something wrapped around me, still feeling blood running across my skin from all the hungry mouths biting into my flesh. I snap awake, still hearing the whispers, and feel droplets of blood run across my skin where the teeth begin to pierce. Jarring awake, I feel the spots where the thorns pierced my skin. I feel the blood running down the wounds caused by the bear, hear the whispers of the storm, and feel my heart still pounding in my chest. Jerking awake, I still feel something wrapped around my chest, and in the distance I hear. Still feeling that running blood or that being crawling or being out of breath or your heart pounding in your chest or you, splinters digging into the, the whispers <laughs> in your in your ears and the, as as you're waking up breathing hard you do hear the and you, you think you might hear a And you notice where you feel the blood or the injuries from your dream is drips of water that are running across you as the ceiling has slowly started to drip through the cave onto where you've been sleeping. The impacts hitting against your skin and rubbing, triggering subconscious to think about running away. The tightness wrapped around your chest, you realize is the form of a small girl sleeping peacefully. I'm really glad it's just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Your senses are slowly coming back to you. Everybody make a perception check. I got a natural 20. Oh. 15. 14. 9. 
three. Oh, <laughs> you're still sleeping. Apparently. As your senses are coming back to you in this cave, your allies' birthmarks are slightly pulsing and glowing, and that glow is slowly fading. With the nat 20, you see this glowing orb with these white, kind of wispy nature, and it's floating in the middle of the circle, just doing a slight pulse. Is it, it's, it's just hanging out there? Mm-hmm. I don't want to call attention to it yet. Okay. Drip. Drip. Trickle, trickle. You notice from waking up that the water has filled the cave more. The area of land that you were on that was raised has been reduced by about half as the water is filling up the mines. And you awake feeling rested, maybe not fully refreshed. It was hard ground, cold, damp. Not the best night's sleep you've ever had. Everybody shook from their dreams. <laughs> Noticing that the water's encroaching, I'm gonna try to kind of flanagle the sleeping kiddo. You kind of flip her on my back so I can move. Like ragdoll at this point. And she wakes up just enough, opening her eyes, looks around. Can we, um, maybe, um, save my brother? And back asleep. <laughs> and I look at my compatriots and go, You heard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, even though they ditched her. <laughs> you still have to find, what's You're his keeping name? Keeping your eyes oh. yeah. Or, okay. or oh, whatever it's his name. No! As high no! To the ceiling as it can get. Okay. And it's dim slightly. Okay. And do we need to swim to go through any How tunnel? Deep? Yes. Looking right. at the mine shaft and the way it continues, the top of the mine shaft is underwater. You're going to have to hold your breath and go under. Perhaps one of you wants to scout. I think we can only go deeper at this point. Um, I think that Rogue should do it. Uh, no. <laughs> what? The stealthy one who won't be And here you just said you were going to be more outgoing, you got courage, <laughs> you got confidence now that you got more hit points. It's water. <laughs> That's I what Kezi says. <laughs> I'm just like, we're in a cave. Socks. You know what? But okay. I'll go. I'll go. If y'all are too chicken, I'm going to do it. few deep breaths, get yourself over oxygenated, hold your breath, dive down using your dark vision to try to see in the black murky water, feeling your way along the ceiling. Make me a constitution check as you hold your breath and swim. Nine. I hope I don't die. It's your guys' fault. My death is in your hands. You hold your breath. You're feeling along the top, waiting for an opening, feeling around for any place there might be an air pocket, and your lungs start burning as you're trying to hold on. Bubbles come out, and just a little further, a little further, you take in more water, and you find an opening, burst through, and you spit out this brackish water, and you're going to take four points of damage from the, the water you took in. But you did find a pocket here where the ceiling is higher. You can tell that the mine shaft continues on, but it's underwater, so you're gonna have to take, take another breath and go, or go back the way you came. I keep going. Another con check as you hold your breath. Five. Remember, you do have inspiration. Yeah, we'll try again. 
19. You take a big gulp of air and dive down deep. The tunnel actually narrows at one point where you're feeling the ceiling, but you can also feel the ground. And you keep going, looking for another air pocket. First out of the water and catch your breath. The cave has a little bit of a glowing lichen to it, so there's just a little bit of light to help your dark vision so you can see just a little bit more. And up on a ledge, out of the water, you see a boy holding another one. Oh no! <laughs> and they're both pale blue lips shivering. You're alone with the children. It's <laughs> oh, your worst nightmare. Why do you guys have to make me scout? This sucks. Make me a perception check while you're in here, because you are looking around. Three. Three. <laughs> and go up to the kids who can't swim. The kids that's holding the other one is just like terrified. It's the other one pulling back kind of away breath. from you, eyes wide. All right, you little snot-nosed freak. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get you back to your sister. I'm sending mm-hmm. <laughs> to come get you, brat. I gotta swim back. Okay, <laughs> you take another deep breath and you go to swim back. Make me a con check to get to the first air pocket. This sucks. Why do I have to go? <laughs> no! <laughs> no! It's, it's two. It's two. This is where I die. Does anybody want to spend an inspiration to help? I will. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Because I made you go. You did make me go. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Which one was better? I got zero. Oh, <laughs> All right. This dice is going back into the box. You reach the, the first pocket of air. Take two points of damage uh, as you did take on some water. Yeah. All right. And then the next one. Mm-hmm. Oh. 19. Much better. better. You make it back into the main chamber where everybody's waiting expectantly. Oh god. We found the brats. Go get them. (laughs) As he's carrying the child. Let's think of some animal ideas. I vote jaguar. An animal that has like a flat area. Turtle? I can just retract in if we run into danger. You can disguise yourself (laughs) as a rock easily. I don't like this. (laughs) Why did I have to say turtle? I'm just trying to be helpful. You brought this on yourself. I brought this on myself. Okay, I can't see a turtle statistic. (laughs) Damn. But I did find a crocodile. Ooh. They're really good at swimming. And it still has nice sharp teeth. They're gross, but okay. (laughs) I'm happy with this message. (laughs) <laughs> the crocodiles have a special ability called hold breath. You can do that for 15 minutes. Ooh. I'm going to just transform you, now. You won't and, be able uh, to communicate. Wait, can we talk about you transforming? You can, you can understand. No, the I can understand Are you, you just going to just like, I'm a crocodile. I'm now. done talking. Yeah, I'm a crocodile okay. now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll silently communicate. Um, I can't talk to him. No. So, we'll have to that tell them. You can send her with a note. <laughs> you could. Can they read? We don't know. I don't know. Should, should we send? <laughs> I can't take the unconscious one. I can't talk. Jeez. <laughs> Do we need to send somebody with? Yeah. Two people. Oh. Probably. Okay, and I just me. picked the cure wounds. <laughs> Here we go. Get to swim. Some whole balloon. Okay, we got a crocodile taxi. <laughs> All right, here we and, go. And we're going to go. Crocodile holds your breath. 
splashes under the water. Definitely here for you guys to watch. (laughs) Don't steal anything. (laughs) Watching you. Hopefully there's nothing in the water that is going to try and eat us. Constitution check. Make it to that first air pocket. If you roll anything super high, I'm going to be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) You made it. Five. Alright, I'm okay. I've been redeemed. (laughs) Did you want to burn any inspiration where you roll that? Sure. Okay. Why not? Six. <laughs> I did a little better. <laughs> You're going to take two points of drowning damage. Oh, wonderful. As you reach the first air pocket. <laughs> Spit, spitting up the, the blackish, brackish water that you see in. Lungs on fire. The crocodile's like waiting on you for a little bit. And then it dives back down underneath the water. Here we go. Fourteen. Alright. And with that, you break free into this other section with the two children. As you're swimming with the crocodile, make me a perception check. Okay, I can see crap in the water. Seven. Seven? Okay. Um, everybody else that's waiting, go ahead and make me a perception check too. Oh, sorry, it was eight. Eight? Okay. So, you come out in this chamber, and there's a soft dim green lichen that's growing here, giving just a little bit of light, and a ledge, as described earlier, with two children on it, one terrified, pushed up against the wall as far as you can get away. <laughs> Their lips are blue, they're pale, they're shivering cold, soaking wet. So, okay, children, I'm trying to ensure you, this is a crocodile. It is not as scary as it looks. It's a very nice crocodile. Dad. <laughs> yeah, make, make me Dad. a persuasion roll. Okay. It's probably a good thing you sent the bard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, right, I have to go. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ten. Kids seem a little unsure, but he's not quite as unresponsive and as fearful once you start trying to calm him down and saying that you're getting them out it's of there. It's a friendly crocodile. You can come and touch it, you know, because you don't have to ride on him, you know, okay, and now what's wrong with your brother? <laughs> he, he, won't, he won't wake up. Examine Maybe this Maybe medicine child. check. Plus one's eleven. Looks like he has a large bump on one of his head. On one of his head. On his He's obviously hit it on one of the rocky outcroppings when they were struggling to get here. We can't have him be unconscious while we go through the water, so I better use my cure wounds spell on him. Okay. So, we got another 10. You focus the healing into him, and you see the knot on his head slowly start going down, and the gash starts knitting itself together, and gets a little bit more color to him, looks around, sees you. Sees the crocodile, sees his brother, just kind of wide-eyed, taking it all in, not saying anything. Don't panic. (laughs) You and your brother are going to ride on this crocodile, and we're going to get you out of this scary cave and get you back to your sister and back home. Very reassuring. Yes. Maybe a persuasion roll on him. (laughs) Okay. It's a good thing we sent the bard. So it's better than you did on the older <laughs> And the older one's seen magic now and what you did to the brother, and you reassures the brother. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can, Good. We we can, can get out of here. Do this. So they grab a hold of you. One on each side, trying to avoid your tail, especially your teeth. Oh, I'm keeping my mouth closed so they won't see it. Take a deep breath, and you die. 
Give me a strength check. Oh, man. As you swim, Ooh, guess, because you're yeah. carrying two of them. Nineteen. Yeah. It's like Way they're not down. even there. Just under the water. Hopefully they don't die, otherwise this is going to suck. <laughs> That'd be really sad. Yeah. Even I would be a little sad. So you get to the first air pocket, and both kids are right there. Taking another breath. You following? Yes. Or in the back, so I'm going to get by the tail. Make me a perception check as you're oh. getting ready to hold your breath and dive into the water. Okay, so I have a 17 there. Ooh, you hear a... Yes. It sounds like it's coming from under the water. Oh, wonderful. You're getting ready to hold your breath and swim to the next chamber. Make that con check and make that strength check. Oh, six. I'm going to use an inspiration point okay. on that. 19. Pop out through the water, swim, pop up in the chamber. Both kids, right there with you. 11. 11. You make it back to the main chamber as well. Lungs on fire, you just almost couldn't hold your breath long enough. You get back to doing everybody. Crocodile pops up in the water with two kids. You want to grab my stuff? Cold, soaking wet again. The little girl sees her brothers, runs over, and they all give each other a big hug. Become like amoebas. They're all. Are the perceptive <laughs> ones gonna tell us about? Yeah. What, yeah. what was the perception check you had us roll? I had a twelve. Oh, I had nine. I Jenna? had a sixteen. She saw it with her twenty, but you guys haven't seen it. Yet. Oh, did I see it? Mm-hmm. You just didn't describe this. it. Oh, the orb thing. It. The. Oh, that. I thought there was. <laughs> I thought there was I thought it was for the tapping, though. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. But the people that heard the tapping haven't told the rest of us. Nope. I heard tapping. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think there's something in the water that's going to try there? and eat us. Is the orb still there? Are you going to look around for it? Make yeah. Perception yeah. Check. I got 18 on perception. Yeah, you see it, but it's very faint, and it's hugging the, the ceiling. Okay. And when the kids came in, it kind of moved towards them, and it just kind of pulled back a little bit. Oh, uh. <gasps> it's a will of the wisp. You know what those are? Don't they try to lead you down paths? No, no it's an actual phenomenon. Oh. Before earthquakes. Hmm. Oh, wonderful. Now the cave is going to collapse on top of us. Well, <laughs> we should probably go. So. <sighs> Good job. All right, now the kids back. Thoughts on the tapping? Yeah. You, you heard tapping? Yes, it was like, no. I think he's a giant. I heard in my dream. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Let's check on the water here. How high is the water now? The water out around that was waist deep is now neck to over your head. Kezi yeah. can't do neck deep water and carry the child. I'm not carrying the child. Nope. <laughs> Kezi only one in group with heart. They're small and break easily. Hearts? It's true. Mm-hmm. If I touch it, it'll disintegrate, probably. Mm-hmm. But the if children swim, should probably still ride and walk the truck. So we should probably go quickly. I'm transferring the child. Okay. All right. <laughs> to the back of this crocodile. Okay, so she's going to. Is she distressed by my crocodile form? She's never seen a crocodile. Okay. She's intrigued. Okay, that's so. I, I just envisioned her okay. straddling that like a horse. Yeah. And <laughs> and that'll work. Trying to hold on to, you know, the spiny back. And They've just... got salmonella all over them, so don't let <laughs> your hands in them. 
<laughs> okay, little one, when you get done, wash your hands. No. In the black water? No. No. Not in the histoplasmosis no, 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 water. No. No. <laughs> we'll find clean water, but we'll be sure to get you cleaned up. But are you okay? You, 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 you okay? I can, I can hold my breath good. One time, my brother took me to the ocean, and I held my breath, and I could walk on the bottom. Hopefully we won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> You abandoned your bit of land that's been your sanctuary for eight plus hours and start moving your way to the shaft. There's a deep rumble from deeper into the mine under you. You can feel everything around you as tremors run through the mine shaft. There's a loud crack and then a loud whoosh as you're all in the water moving towards the chain and the rope and pulling you. Dear Diary, despite my best efforts, I wander in darkness, lost in the mines. I fear I shall never be free of it, so I sleep. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, leave us a tip, or give us a comment. We would love to hear from you. For player bios, music, and song attribution, please visit our website, dicetherapyap.pinecast.co.